podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. state of mind just as the sirens can be heard outside your window there JP I'm Paul John Dykes and this is John Paul Mason it's a Thursday uh, big smiles on our faces um, I'm looking at that jersey over your shoulder of course we'll get to last night's action the late late show but um, let's hope the wee man is fit and available for Sunday big time uh, you know like last night we definitely got away with one big in the last minute and we got away with one without playing with a recognised striker, really. I mean, Abada, he did all right. I mean, obviously scored a goal and got us, got us in front, but really, really want to see Kyogo Furuhashi in that starting lineup on Sunday if it's in any way possible. But again, you know, what what if he starts on Sunday and picks up an injury and then misses the game in the second? You know, there's, there's all those sort of permutations. But as long as he's as long as he's fit, then then yeah. We went into that game last night, JP. We were talking during the day about obviously the lineup and how the lineup for the Ross County game could be made with one eye on the cup final and all the different permutations that might have uh, might have happened with regards to the, the selection. Uh, I just wanted to run through some of those because they're as relevant this morning as they were yesterday in relation to how we're going to line up uh, on Sunday. At some point during the show today, we will also bring in um, Kevin Graham uh, due to the fact that today would have been Tommy Burns' 65th birthday, the 16th of December, and the late, great Tommy would have been 65 today. And I know, JP, that uh, from talking to yourself, how close he was to your heart as a Celtic fan and having been involved with the, the various Burns suppers over the years as well. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, he was some some man and, and that, that play that they, they did at um, Celtic Park in the Kerrydale suite was is still, well, Got it right here. There is. Uh, that was the, the program which they, they raised. I think something like fourteen grand. I think they raised for the charity. Yeah. For the for the the Tommy Burns charity. So that I mean that was that was great in itself. But yeah, I mean just just a guy that that will always be you know uh, in the fabric of Celtic. And and he the great thing about that is he was aware of it as well. He knew he knew the things that he'd done and uh, as a player and as a manager he knew. That he would be remembered, you know, the, the famous I'll be in the team that did the double. I mean, people look back on this in a hundred years, I'll be in the team that did the double. And having that sort of awareness about your your worth and your value in, in Celtic's history is is it, it must have been it must have been a very proud thing for him to carry about with him every day. But he was never never one to be showy about it or anything like that. He was quite he was just such a humble guy and you know a, a very funny guy as well. Um and and it was great listening to him speak and sing as well <laughs> on many occasions. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but there was one time instead of singing Mac the Knife, he sang The Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston, mm-hmm. which was a, an absolute curveball 
moment, you know, with, I don't think anybody in the in the the TV at row uh, or the TV at debating chamber, whatever it was called, where we had the Tommy Burns supper. I don't think anyone was prepared for him singing Whitney Houston, but it happened. And uh, <laughs> I remember on the on the mornings after the Tommy Burns supper, there used to be a, a champagne. I mean, a champagne breakfast at the International Bar and Bistro, as it was known. Um, there was very little champagne and copious amounts of Guinness, and it was basically everybody just kind of continuing on boozing after being out till all hours the night before. And Nick Wood, who is the uh, the, the, the sort of supremo, uh, you know, I, I don't really know what to describe Nick Wood as. He's just like this sort of ever-present, uh, guy that has ran the ran the Heriot Watt uh, supporters club since uh, since time began. It feels like and uh, Nick and Nick and I had an argument, uh, a jovial argument over the champagne breakfast about whether or not it was uh, "We Are the World." Do you remember that um, charity anthem that was yeah. in the eighties? So Nick was just like, "How weird was that?" Tommy Burns sing "We Are the World" last night. I was like, "Nick, he didn't sing "We Are the World." He sang "Greatest Love of All." And Nick was adamant, demon, <laughs> and adamant that it was we are the world. Um, and eventually, uh, I, I managed to get other people on on side to sort of remind Nick that it was uh, it was Whitney Houston. Both equally as bizarre to to be sang by a, a footballing legend like Tommy Burns, but nonetheless, it happened. I would. Um say to anyone who gets an opportunity moving forward to attend one of these Burns Suppers, they definitely do so. I was um, absolutely thrilled to be at one a couple of years back and that was my first. Uh, and I've got to say that um, looking back over all the posters from the previous years with all the guests who had been there, it's something that I kind of missed out on until fairly recently, JP. But I would uh, recommend it to anybody. We are going to be talking about uh, last night's game in a big way, the selection um, issues that we might face for Sunday. Some of the people who came in, some of the players who came in and done, done well or otherwise, we need to talk about the goals. We need to talk about Ralston. And we also have to speak about Carol Starfelt. That has created um, quite a bit of discussion uh, both last night and this morning in relation to the refereeing decisions, Starfelt's uh, composure being lost when he was uh, booked first time round, whether or not he should have been booked. And that debate will rage on. I've been a massive uh, champion for Celtic players to be protected, JP, all season. We've got a wee black book here with seven or eight offences in it that um, you know Celtic players have been on the end of challenges that should have resulted in red cards. So there's absolutely no way I'm viewing this situation from a skewed perspective. But my point last night was that at that point, after having such a, an excellent return to the team, Carol Starfield, I think he's looked He's looked far more composed, uh, far more confident, um, and he's fitted in really well since he's come back into the side alongside Cameron Carter-Vickers. He, he continued that form into the first half, I think. I think he looked solid in the first half. Went for a run, Ayer style, a couple of times uh, to turn defence into attack. Everything was going well. But then it seemed as though uh, a substitution by Ross County changed all that because you had Jordan White coming on in 54 minutes. A couple of minutes later, uh, I think that was a massive part of the game. A couple of minutes later, Ross County equalised. Uh, he seemed to be winning header after header after header. Uh, and Starfield, you know, his performance kind of turned a little bit. My my criticism of him last night wasn't his overall performance because I think over the piece, as I say, had a very good first half. But it was his reaction to being elbowed. And people are saying to me, what do you expect him to do? Well, I don't want him to get booked. I don't want him to get uh, in a situation, JP, where he's given the ref that choice. And of course, Joe Hart goes up to him and tries to compose him at one point as he did with Juranovic against Dundee at Dens Park. Um, I think Starfield was unlucky. Of course he was. But don't give the referee the decision. Don't give him the decision to make. I, 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 haven't, um, I haven't seen the, the, the replay of the, of the elbow. Um, I've heard mixed people, mixed sort of uh, opinions and reactions to it. Some people have said that, you know, it was, you know, it was part and parcel of the game, get on with it. I, heard, I think it was Tony saying that last night but then I've heard other people saying that it was you know it, it, you know it was a foul and therefore you know he was complaining about the fact that he hadn't it hadn't been punished I just I just saw him on the deck and he was seemed to be down for ages and, he, and I could see that he was really angry whilst he was on the ground and, and you know it's, it's quite strange to see someone getting so angry but also sitting on the on the pitch at the same time normally people are up and they're kind of waving fingers and everything else but he just seemed to be you know 
angry from from his position. So I can only imagine that he said something out of turn to the ref. Uh, I didn't even see the yellow card. I didn't know he was on a booking. Um, somebody mentioned to me uh, behind me uh, and said, oh, he's desperate to send him off. And I went, he's not on a yellow card. And he went, yeah, he is. And then about four minutes later, he, he kind of gets into that tussle with um, the the right winger for uh, for Ross County. And yeah, I mean, it, from where I was, it, it didn't look good. I've seen the replay. Again, doesn't look good. It is probably a booking. You'd be wanting it if it was against you. But then it goes back to the first yellow card and you're like, well, why did that happen? And and why did that put us on such a on a, a tightrope for the rest of the game after, you know, controlling the whole of the first half? I mean, it was all yeah. Celtic in the first half. There was no, I mean, I heard, I think it was Billy Dodd said that, um, you know, based on the second half, Ross County deserved to get something out of the game, but based on the first half, they didn't. So then you could swing that back and say, well, Celtic deserved to win the game based on the first half and maybe not the second, but we played the whistle and, you know, the minutes were added on, rightfully so, because of uh, the injury time and, and the substitutions and, and whatnot. And uh, there was further inj- there's further added time within added time, which is how added time works. I seem to, people seem to have forgotten that in the, in the sort of... Uh, the aftermath of last night, it's like, well, yeah, if, if there's more added time and added time, then it'll get added as well. Otherwise, what's the point in it? Um, so anyway, yeah, I think I think Starfield, you know, could maybe consider himself unlucky, but it depends what he, it depends what he said to the ref. I mean, I don't know how good his English is. <laughs> See, the big thing for me as well, though, JP, you're watching the game live and as a fan, so the emotions are running high. And I said this last week, which was the first time I'd ever commented on a game having watched it retrospectively when you know what the score is when the, the emotional part of it's out the road because you know you've won the game won nothing against Mullerwell and you watch it and I'm not an analyst I've said this time and time again I'm an observer I'm a, I watch football from a football fan's perspective and you can take in all the stats and all the data analysis and use them in your kind of analysis but when you're watching the game and, and it's your reaction what I can guarantee is I always want the best for Celtic so when Carl Starfield gets sent off, similarly to when Beaton gets sent off against Mitchelland, I'm looking at how could he how could he have prevented that? Because mm. going down to ten men isn't great. Uh, racking up a suspension when we've got so many injury problems isn't great. So you're frustrated with the player. But when I look at that, why did he stay down? Well, he's got blood which means he needs to get treatment. And he's probably thinking to himself, well, rather than going off the park and putting my team down to 10 men, I'm going to sit right here and I'm going to get the treatment on the park. So I get that. And that, that's the experience that maybe I was critical uh, of him last night. I was maybe saying he's got the experience, he should know better than to get in, you know, put in the book for that. But he, he was booked. That, for me, looking back on it, the referee should be more, I think, focusing on the elbow and making a decision there. It's difficult to know exactly what's said, but he's having a conversation the ref with Joe Hart at some point where he's, he's shrugging his shoulders as if he didn't see who the player was that actually elbowed Starfelt. Now, was I think it, that... Was it, was it bad? Was the elbow bad? Like, was it wasn't aggressive. I, I wouldn't have thought it was an aggressive one. It was more of a flailing arm and he's, he's elbowed Starfelt mm-hmm. and he's obviously burst his face. So mm-hmm. you can get the, the fact that it's difficult to maintain your composure. And that, that's some of the discussions I've had this morning, not arguments, discussions on Twitter uh, around what do you expect him to do? Well, I expect him not to get a booking and then be walking a tightrope for the rest of the game and then for him to fall off that tightrope at the first opportunity the ref gets because we've been critical of the refs all season, JP, and we know that a lot of these big decisions are going against us. There's another one in the game last night. It's a good job we scored because we weren't getting the penalty. I mean, you watch watch that back and it's a penalty every single day of the week. Um, A guy... Uh, put on Twitter that he'd watched a, a, I can't remember his name but he'd watched the Borussia Dortmund game and they got a penalty through VAR with the, for the exact same thing that happened in in, in, the, in that instance last night So, and that was with the benefit of looking at it over and over and over um, I know that it's obviously one second and they've got to make a decision but I mean that was a pretty clear, I mean the guy put his hands he put his hands up to stop the shot and you know, it was a goal-bound shot that the keeper would have had to deal with. So, yeah, I mean, 
all's well that ends well and all that. But <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But you know, my angle always when I'm watching a Celtic game is what's best for Celtic, and I'm thinking down the line he's on a booking eventually gets sent off. You kind of seen that coming. The minute he was on a booking, like the fan said behind you last night at the game, JP's been dying to send them off. I, I mean, the, the officials are poor. We've been going on about it all season. Don't give them a decision to make. So it's nothing personal against Starfield. I've, I've been kind of praising him, since he, particularly since he came back in. I think he's building a good partnership with Cameron Carter-Vickers. And you've got to remember Joe Hart behind him. So that trio, that triangle there at the back, I'm, I'm pretty confident with the guys now um, and you know going into the game against Hibs in the cup final going into the game against Rangers on the second I'm pretty confident with, with those three in the, in the kind of spine of your defence absolutely so the last thing I want to see is for that momentum to be shifted I don't want one of them to get injured I don't want one of them to be suspended we then have to bring in the replacement so there's a, an element of frustration with the player to, to give him give the ref that decision to make because more times than not this season it's gone against Celtic. And it's not paranoia. We've listed the red card offences that have gone unpunished. So that was a Starfelt moment. But I did feel, though, that when that substitution happened in 54 minutes, it, it did give Ross County a boost. And, and more so than anything else, that's what put us a wee bit more on the back foot, uh, which was frustrating because we dominated that first half. But as the manager, what do you do at that stage? You go in at halftime, you're a goal up. We were talking about it at halftime, JP, saying, you know what? We're going to get a second goal. Uh, Tony and I had predicted to nothing, a badder for the first goal. And at halftime, I was confident that was going to happen. I didn't expect us to to lose a goal the way we did. Um, and when we, we look at that goal, let's, before we do that, because Scales is going to come into this conversation, let's look at some of the changes that were made last night, JP, because, you know, I asked the question, uh, do, we, do we rest some players last night, you know, with one eye on Sunday? And he did that. And he's rested Tommy Rogic. And we'll talk about Roger again because I think he made a massive impact. But he brought in skills. I thought he was pretty deserving. And after his first half performance, it looked like the, the right decision. Were you impressed by skills overall? Yeah, yeah, he was. He was playing right in front of me um, for the uh, for the whole of the first half. So I saw him up close and personal. It was the first time I've ever been to uh, to Dingwall for a, a, for an away game, um, and I actually thought that there'd been more trips to Dingwall but there's only I counted them up there's only been about 10 10 or 11 in the league um, since they were, were promoted so there's not been that many to have uh, missed out on hell of a trip though um, but yeah I saw Scales up close and I, 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 I like the look of him I think he looked he looked composed distribution was good with the ball awareness around about him for passes and looking for for, for people to play into he seems to have a good understanding with Callum McGregor um, you know, for McGregor coming short to receive the ball. I mean, some of the attacks that we went on in the first half were all led by scales to McGregor. McGregor then spraying out um, balls. I mean, that ball from McGregor to scales um, that sent him through for the goal was was brilliant. You know, it, it was a really well worked goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, okay, he lost his man at the corner, and you can see him put his hand, his his head in his hands straight away to know. I've I've lost that guy. That's my fault, and I guess that's going to happen because you know he's he's very very you know new in the door. People gave Starfield a bit of a hard time of it at Tynecastle when he came. He was only you know I know obviously Skills has been there you know a good few months now and training and everything else, but it's a whole different ball game <laughs> literally when you're playing in a high pressure away game at uh, Ross County where it's you know you know win or nothing you know it's a, a draw last night was was a was a, a disaster and they all knew it and and the pressure was on them to deliver pressure was on him to deliver you know very early on in his Celtic career so you know I, I feel for him that he's lost he's lost that uh, man at the, at the corner because that'll you know no doubt have maybe kept him awake last night despite the win um, but I'd, you know, I'd, I don't, I don't see it as a case of, oh well, you know, he's he's not good enough or anything like that. I, I think, I think he's 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 done enough over a period of time in in, in the first half to show that he's that he's worthy of a, of a jersey potentially on Sunday. I mean, imagine what what a story that would be starting mm. a final for Celtic if 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 he was fortunate enough to 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 be that. I mean, I think Tony said last night. I think manager probably will go with Taylor just. 
of because of the experience, you know, because you know we see Scales making that mistake last night. He got away with it because Ralston, you know, uh, you know, came up with a winner. But we don't want to be making mistakes on on Sunday. Um, not that I'm saying Greg Taylor's not prone to a mistake, but if you're if you're weighing them up against each other, I would I would probably go with a, a more experienced head just because he's played way more times for Celtic and um, yeah. See the thing about scales, it was interesting because uh, you, you compare the comments we were getting on the halftime bulletin to the ones we got at the end and a lot of, a lot of the comments kind of flipped on their head saying, well, you know, he showed in the second half that he's not up to the level. I think you've got to look at the entire the entirety of the game, uh, his mm. contribution in the first half. I think he got a fright within the first five minutes um, where he, he, he realised, right, there's absolutely no wiggle room here. Mm. Um, he ended up giving away a corner kick on that occasion. And there was one moment specifically in the second half where he's lost his man at the corner. Um, But you've also got to look at his assist for the first goal. I thought it was a tremendous ball. Like you say, though, you can't forget McGregor's part in the the lead-up to that goal. And we're in a situation now where we're looking at the Hibs game on Sunday. Um, We've got a number of left-backs, Taylor, Scales, Montgomery. You've also got Juranovic, who has played there for us. And you've got the forgotten man, in ball and goalie. So you've got five options at left back. Mm. I think that, you know, after last night's game, the safest option, if you weren't thinking about who's going to be playing on the right hand side of midfield or right wing, I would have thought you go back to Juranovic at left back and Ralph at right back. I think that's your safe option. But I don't think we're going to have that option because of the dearth of right and left wingers that we currently have, because that's mm. the two positions that really aren't going to give, unless somebody else comes back to full fitness unexpectedly those two positions left and right are going to give and a bit of a dilemma on Sunday GP I've been a big champion of Montgomery I've, I've been really impressed I think there's been one game against Dundee United at home one each where he didn't look his usual self but he wasn't great last night Montgomery yeah. um, it wasn't his best performance and I think there's maybe a wee question mark over him starting on Sunday now however who do you play this is the big question. I mean, so you're, you're looking at the left back, but that's going to be influenced by what happens in the midfield. It's going to be influenced, actually. Is Kiel in, in the team? Because if Kiel goes in the team and Abada can go to the right, that allows you to put Zhiranovic's left back. So there's loads of different dilemmas facing, facing Ange going into the game. Um, and I think that from what I've seen last night, I'm pretty confident with skills. I like his physicality. I don't think Taylor's got that. Um, and I think that if you're playing Monty in front of him, you need a wee bit of physicality. Uh, Johnston and Taylor are too weak on the left-hand side. I think you mm. get a wee bit more. You get a wee bit more when, when Scales is in there. Um, do you think we'll revert back to Juranovic at left-back? I've seen many of his uh, crosses last night were not what you would expect. Yeah, wayward. They were wayward, I just well. I think it's important to actually um, talk about who the left back is going to be up against on Sunday. And it's a guy that absolutely roasted um, the Rangers in the semi-final. So, you know, you're not coming up against, you know, someone that blows hot and cold. Martin Boyle will be right up for this because it's a cup final. He's been an informed player for, for, uh, for Hibs. So whoever is in that position has to be, you know, bang on it on Sunday. You know, there, there's no room. There is no room for error. So it's a, it's a, it's definitely a dilemma for for the manager. But um, he sees these guys every day in training. He'll know, you know, I, I, you know, I know there's this whole in Ange we trust pattern going about. But I mean, I, I would trust Ange Postecoglou's judgment on who he'll play. Uh, in in that position on on Sunday, and yeah, like you say, there's just so many question marks over the rest of the team because of the doubts and in, in, in terms of the players' fitness fitness levels. And uh, aye, it's 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 a strange one. I don't recall there being this many injuries at Celtic for quite some time. I know we were hampered a bit last season, but it never was as bad as this. You know, I I, I don't recall it being. And Tom, I mean Tom English. I loathe to bring him up, but I mean he he brought up stuff on Twitter this morning or whatever, saying, "Oh, you know Celtic playing uh, playing uh, the sort of poor me card, you know, because of the injuries, you know, and listing the internationals." I mean, 
I'm pretty sure he's got a grasp of knowledge of football, but you don't just throw players together who haven't played together in those positions and then because they're international players, they should just be all right and get on with it. You know, if they're not, you know, if they've not played in those positions regularly, they're not going to be as effective or as good. So whilst I get his point to an extent, to absolutely savage us for basically saying, well, look, this is what we've got to play with right now. Yes, these players are well paid, but you're putting square pegs in round holes, you know, it's as simple as that. So, you know, to, to, to get a, a victory like that last night was was absolutely massive given the circumstances that we went into the game in because everybody, I don't think there was anybody going in there last night thinking this is an easy, you know, 3-4-5. No, everybody was well aware we were going to have to dig out a result last night and, and we did. You know, you, you mentioned there about uh, an international for an international. It doesn't really stand up. I mean, you could say, well, Joe Hart's injured, but we're bringing in Scott Bain or we're bringing in Barkas. I mean, absolutely doesn't work that way, does it? Just because no. you've got an international cap doesn't mean to say it's like for like. If Joe no. Hart is, is lost in that Celtic team, it's a massive, massive drop in standard, regardless of who you replace him with. Yeah. And, you know, it's the same for quite a few of the positions within within part. I would actually say at this moment in time, um, and we'll get on to him, but if Nir Beaton at this moment in time drops out of that Celtic side and he's replaced by someone like Sorrow or McCarthy, that's a drop mm-hmm. in quality at the mm-hmm. moment. Because yeah. last night, again, I, I thought I was a wee bit dis- I was a wee bit surprised, although it worked out well, that it was Beaton that came off when he mm-hmm. did. I thought he was playing really well. He does definitely play a, a lot more diagonal balls than he had done previously, JP. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was demanding the ball constantly. Uh, mm-hmm. Want to be involved? He, you know, there was times in the past with Beaton where um, maybe calling him a passenger is a wee bit harsh, but there was times where he wasn't shown for the ball. You know, players can mm-hmm. hide in a game at times. Mm-hmm. Whereas he was, he was there. He was, he was giving players an angle. He wanted the ball. He wanted to make something happen. If he drops out as really internationalist, then he's replaced by McCarthy, Republic Island internationalist. That doesn't make it like for like. No. I mean, you, you can't say that. I mean, he's at different levels and different stages of, of development and everything else. It's not like it's not as if everybody's a coiled spring ready to just go as soon as they get put on the pitch, you know. Like, it's, it's I, I really don't think it's like that, but um, yeah. But Beaton, I think Beaton allows McGregor to play mm-hmm. more freely, and, and it's, that's an obvious thing to say. I'm no football expert, but you've got somebody protecting McGregor and when McGregor turns and spins to go away, he, he the way that he sees the game, it's just, I don't know, he's, he's on a completely different level. It was a completely different level to anybody else in the midfield for Celtic or the opposition last night. I just think as soon as he turns and sees the pitch, he he can. It's almost like it's like a, a game, and it, well, obviously as a game, but um, we can. He can just see it differently, and and I I watched him when he turned last night, and I watched him sort of look at the pitch, and he, he just looks at it in a completely far more sophisticated way than than, than other people, and that's that's a credit to him and his his uh, his experience now as well. I mean, look at the look at the games he's played for Celtic and the the trophies that he's won. He's been involved in everything. Not all of those other players have been involved in all the success. He's the constant that has been. Mm-hmm. You know, we've lost all the other guys that have been constants in the success. Scott Brown, Edward, you know, Tierney, Armstrong, they're all gone. But McGregor is the one that retains all that experience and, and then it, it shows um, so much. Yeah, he is the keystone. And I think the big thing with, with McGregor, he was the man of the match last night, I believe. Um, you look at the game against Motherwell, he'll not come down as being uh, part of the goal. He, he doesn't appear as the assist because obviously it went from Turnbull to Rogic. But his part in that goal against Motherwell was huge. He influenced mm-hmm. that play to such a degree that the space opened up. He took a marker out the roads and straight from the training ground, Rogic, brilliant finish by the way, but Rogic puts away the, the corner from Turnbull. Similarly last night, you did you, you, you did point out that McGregor's pass the scales, because everybody remembers scales his pass and the goal by Abada. But let's look at the assist for the assist. That's McGregor done it again last night. And it was an, it was a tremendous pass. But I think he is. He's in that form where last season, compared to this season, it's night and day with McGregor. Now, it's maybe unfair because the circumstances last season were completely alien to just about everybody. But his performances, people were questioning at the beginning of the season, is he captain material? Well, I think he's proved that he is. 
certainly captain material. Um, and it'll be great, I hope, to see him lifting a trophy again, but this time as a Celtic captain, and I'm not counting my, my chickens before Sunday, but I would be, it'd be brilliant to see that. I also reckon it would be great to see Tony Ralston, but we'll get on to him as well, lifting a trophy aloft. Um, the Abada goal, there's been loads of discussion on a Celtic state of mind, JP, about Abada playing through the middle. Um, and, you know, he started off really, really well outright. He was getting goals, even though he was playing wide right. Seemed to have this knack of turning up at the back post and putting the ball away. Um, it has been suggested that he should maybe be playing centre um, more often. It's been a forced change. Does he stay there? Is it all down to Kyogo on Sunday? I mean, you know, Kyogo, he comes in uh, in Europe against Leverkusen at home and we throw him right in. And he's almost the guy that makes the difference. I mean, he had two great chances that night. Mm. Do we do the same with him? Because obviously, I think after 60 or 70 minutes that night, himself and McGregor were running on empty. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult one. Do you get what you can out of Kugo or do you keep him like we did with Rogic last night as a game changer? That's, that's, that's a sticker twist uh, conundrum, isn't it? Whether you, whether or not you, you sort of play your, play your hand at the start or you can uh, keep it in your back pocket for, for later on. I don't know. I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be disappointed if Abada did start up front. I mean, he's got pace to burn, and you know he, he he's got the he's got the awareness and the, the knowledge of playing playing in this side. You know, admittedly, he's not played you know through the middle, but he knows the system. He's been playing regularly enough to to know where everybody is and you know where he needs to be. And well, he was where he, he was exactly where he needed to be to score that goal last night. You know, it, it, it was literally no effort on his part to finish that. It just it almost let it just hit off his boot to go in. Didn't need to rattle it. Didn't need to, you know, carefully place it and any of that. It was right on his foot, and he scored in good composure to score the goal. And um, bigger pitch at Hamden as well, which would obviously you know uh, suit him, but it will suit some of the Hibs players as well, no doubt. Um, I, I would. I mean, how long has it been since Kyogo Furuhashi got injured? Was it last? Was it only last week? It was last week, and everybody was thinking he's going to be out for, you know, weeks, and yeah. then that was nipped in the bud. I think, I think Ange Postecoglou is quite cute on that front. I think he he gets given a situation like that, and he and I think he he knows that he can. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. He can control the narrative of 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 the whole thing, you know, because mm-hmm. as ultimately he is the, the the spokesman for the football club. You know, nobody else is asking anyone else any questions. Well, they are, but no one's answering them. Um, <laughs> and but Postecoglou is the sort of the the front and centre after every game, so he can say what he wants and he can he, he can sort of uh, build it up and let the media think that you know Furuhashi is going to be out for ages. Let us think he's going to be out for ages. Because let's face it, how big a bonus is it um, when we, you know, well that that day against Leverkusen when all of a sudden those names appeared in the team sheet, oh, no. and, this, and and any you know whole fan base was just like whoomph straight away with his his um, like I say his his uh, conduction that's not a word um, his uh, um, his controlling the narrative like I said like he 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 caused that buzz and I think he knows that he, I think he likes the fact that he can control. The buzz because just I mean it was was it yesterday the, the interview with him and Shane Warren came out and he said how he just likes to stand in the tunnel and listen you'll never walk alone you know belting out in the in the ground and going I'm part of this yeah like yep. this is, I'm I'm 
I'm at the head of this football club. This is not this is not me standing here as a spectator. This is me and I'm the manager of this football club. And that is brilliant to know that that's how he's feeling because, you know, you've got somebody in charge that really get he gets it, appreciates appreciates what he's what he's got. And when someone appreciates what they've got, they tend to do they tend to do things a little bit, you know, they'll give that extra ten percent, twenty percent, you know, that other that others might not. And um yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Well, it was just a week ago uh, that Kyogo got injured, wasn't it? In the European game last last week. Um, <clears throat> but when you're talking about Postacoglu, I mean, he is one of these individuals who he appreciates that there are narratives flying about. There's a lot of noise flying about outside um, the bubble of Celtic and he just lets them run with it. And if he's ever asked about it, he's always, you know, he, he gives what he wants to give. And if he wants to keep his cards close to his chest, he does that as well. Especially um, last night as well. His post-match last night, he just kind of batted away the whole referee thing. Like he just kind of went, you know, he, he didn't hone in on that one decision. He just said there was a few decisions that didn't go our way tonight, but we, we don't moan, we just get on with it and we win we win games. And, <laughs> you know, it's pretty... Uh, pretty um, Self-explanatory and abrupt when he when he comes away with stuff like that, but I, I, I love love to hear it. You know, just really nail really... on nail on head. Absolutely, yeah. um, we have someone waiting in the wings here uh, because it is, or it would have been Tommy Bonzi's sixty fifth birthday today. Um, December, a great time for birthdays. December uh, today is also Tommy Rogic's birthday. He's twenty nine, and Paddy McCourt. Uh, it's his birthday as well. Sagittarius. Oh, that's it. Yes. <laughs> um, yesterday, yesterday, uh, whilst watching the game, it was also an Axom listener's 50th. Uh, Ewan Martin, who is a long-time listener of the Celtic State of Mind and who will be appearing on the show at some point during his 50th birthday celebrations, JP. Get him into the studio uh, and appear on the show. Uh, I might even just let him sit here and deal with all the comments that are coming in. Um, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be good for... Uh, you in as well so yeah happy birthday to to yourself uh, to Tommy and also to Paddy and we have our very own Kevin Graham coming in because Kevin Graham as you know is just about to become a published poet JP and he did write a poem that went viral and the poem was on Tommy Burns so we're going to get him in and he's going to recite that because there's no better way than doing it live. We do have a, an old video, of Kevin, but let's get you in, Kev. Let's see if you can do it live. And um, this is in memory of the, the late, great Tommy Burns. I'll, I'll just start it. This is called Tommy. Soho Street was your road to paradise, but it was already in your DNA being Calton born and bred. Your passion, your faith, your dream. Your destiny that didn't have to wait long. Jock shouted at you to get off the pitch, pristine for a European night under the lights. Your shots snapped into the perfect net. And then your thoughts are turning, then taking the acclaim of that jungle in full voice were soon to be a reality. Your flamed hair was a fuse. Your flamed hair was a lion's mane. You had guile. And you delivered it with a smile. Football delivered with intelligence. And a left foot that was a wand casting spells a Celtic way. You knew how, how you knew how our blood flowed, the inner workings of our beating hearts. Victories were celebrated like us rejoicing up there in the stands. You delivered Celtic into your charges taught Celtic to those who weren't born into the cause. They knew what it meant to pull on that jersey. They knew they weren't just playing for a football team. They knew because of you. A supporter that got lucky, he says. Nah, we are the lucky ones any time one of our own step onto that Celtic park pitch and score last-minute winners. We are the lucky ones that we shared and lived Tommy's dream. We are there and always there because he is here and always will be here. We were blessed by Tommy. He twisted, he turned. We all love Tommy Burns. Thank you very much, everybody. 
Lovely words, Kevin. Are you going to stick around? I'll stick around, uh. It's my birthday in December as well, lads. So oh, everybody, wow. Wait a minute. GP, GP, is you December or late November? You can't read a poem about Tommy Burns and then hog the limelight yourself. Aye, aye. <laughs> I've written one here about Kevin Graham. You want me to recite it? <laughs> right, here we go. Is it everybody's birthday in December on this show today then? Nah, December. Oh, you're late November, right. I must admit, I, I, I love doing that poem. I really, really do. Uh, it doesn't feel like mine's anymore because it's went viral and the family have bought into it and stuff like that. It was a pleasure when the Kevin Tate penalty spot asked me, he says you should come on and do it today, and it's, it's always great to actually do the Tommy Burns poem, man, it's fantastic, really, really love it Yeah, it's great, brilliant words Kev, and uh, it's also Tommy Roderick's birthday today, let's have a wee chat about Tommy, because he was on the bench in the starting lineup, uh, and we spoke about the fact that it's a good weapon to have, when he came on, he was a weapon, because I think that uh, it was a massive kind of change at that point. We needed something to happen. He started winning free kicks outside the box just because of his movement, his wizardry. And he does that every time he comes in. And then he plays a part in the goal, of course, he gets an assist. Um, and you think that, you know, Tommy Rogic, when you consider that he is well on his way at this moment in time to exceeding his... Um, highest appearance total for Celtic. Now, I know it's a wee bit premature. We don't know what's going to happen from now to the end of the season. But if he continues to appear for Celtic um, in the, the kind of rate or, uh, you know, with the rate that he has done so far, he will be his uh, personal best of 42. He's already uh, matched what he did last season in terms of appearances. And the season before that, the quadruple treble, winning season um, he's actually played more times this season already than he did in that season so he has become an integral part of this side now JP maybe it was lazy us adding dots and all the rest of it we thought well he's Australian Ange Postacoglu uh, as Australian was manager of the, the international team when Tommy was playing this is going to work uh, but I don't think anybody expected it to work as well as it has done he's been revitalised isn't he? Yeah he has and last night he went over to get some instructions from the manager, which he then relayed. I don't know if that was shown on, on the TV or not, but I, I, it was just something I noticed, you know, him running over and uh, taking instructions towards the end of the game. And it was just, he, he had like a patience about him last night, which I think the whole team really had at times. You know, when you're watching, you're watching this build-up and, and they're starting to move. And it was like passing, passing, just intricate passing. And, you know, it was it wasn't getting rushed, you know. I think they had they had total belief in what they were doing, and obviously that that paid off. But I mean, Rogic definitely, you know, influenced the game in a major way. I think it probably gave the players on the park a lift as well to see him on the pitch, knowing that they've got a guy on the park that when they give the ball to him, you know, something special can happen. And then I mean, the, the dink to the back post was special, you know. I mean. You could say there's nobody else in the pitch that could have done that. I, I, it's an argument to be had, but I mean, I, I don't know if there is anybody else that would have had the the cool uh, composure to 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 dink that. You know, um, I, I didn't really see it from anybody else in in, in the game last night. But um, Rogic does it, and the bold Anthony Ralston rises above everybody and sends the place absolutely bananas. It was it was uh, quite something. It was quite something, and uh, I'll tell you something, you were there, and you've managed to get down the road and on the Axon Bulletin for 12.30, so hopefully that's strong coffee you're drinking there, JP, so that was a good effort from yourself. Well, well, I have to say, I have to be completely honest, I did the cheats, uh, the cheats way, I, I I got the train up yesterday to Inverness, got a hotel, and uh, it's quite decadent of me, I know that, but um, I got a hotel <laughs> and then um, got a, a train first thing this morning back down the road, so I'm only in the door about an hour or something like that um, but I just thought it's been on my it's a bit of a strange place to have on your bucket list but I like going to different football stadiums I always have and um, weirdly I, I got an email from the footballgroundmap.com you ever heard of that it's like a you basically you can create a profile and you you can like mark in on a, on a map of the world where all the football grounds you've been to so you can you know just share it as an image or whatever and uh, so now, now I can add Dingwall to that list um, but yeah it was uh, it was something else to be there I mean say what you like about the fans spilling over onto the pitch I mean 
it was it was it was, uh, it was going to be a hot. The, the 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 opposite to that was everybody leaving absolutely demoralised and downbeat with a one-one draw, thinking we we've got a mountain to climb now. But then, you know, the opposite to that was was delirium. Absolutely. There's a few things I want to say on that. The first one was, obviously, um, there's a great speech by Denzel Washington where he talks about the responsibility of media outlets not to always be first, but always to be right. Um, and you, if you just look on YouTube, it's, it's a brilliant speech that he gives. It's at an award ceremony, but he takes the opportunity to say the responsibility is on you guys because you've got to be right. And that's more important than being first. And that was a, a small example of it last night. People running reports that Celtic had dropped more points. It was one each. The first thing I heard, because unfortunately I wasn't in the game, but I was watching it on Ross County television and the uh, co-commentator was Stephen Cragen. And I've got to say, I mean, I know that it's a Ross County platform, right? But he's not a Ross County fan, is he? You know, and when, when he's doing his his BT sports work, surely he needs to be impartial. Well, he wasn't impartial last night. And when Celtic scored the winning goal, instead of talking about the warrior-like performance of Tony Ralston, who's like Lazarus coming back um, at Celtic, people are saying in the comment section, he's a potential captain. He must be in the top three or four candidates for Celtic's captain. Um, instead of going on about that, the great comeback, the character shown by the side, the never-say-die attitude of Ange Postacoglu's side, Craigan just went on about how ridiculous it was that the Celtic fans were on the park. And, you know, that was another thing that Postacoglu said. It was just over-exuberance, Kev. I mean, have these guys ever paid and gone to watch a football game and, and seen a last-minute winner and, and obviously the emotions and the passions that are involved in that? I mean, I, I, I didn't actually... This, where I was watching it, I didn't have the pleasure or the unpleasure to actually listen in, or listen in to Stephen Cragen, luckily enough. Uh, but he seems a wee bit, like... He seemed a wee bit jarred for somebody that's a Glen Torn fan, eh? And like, and he did you say fan? Old... Did you say fan, comma, a eh, there? <laughs> I wasn't uh, sure. Maybe. Anyway, he seemed a wee bit. He seemed a wee bit jarred for somebody that's a Glen Torn fan, eh? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, for, for for Celtic, and he seemed to, to over-celebrate as well for Celtic possibly going six points behind. But whatever float has bought. There's some joyless folk in the world, eh? Some utterly joyless people in the world, and we're probably heading for another lockdown and stuff like that. And folk actually got a bit annoyed at the fact that we were celebrating a 96-minute winner. And that is the joy of football. That is the joy of football. What's the point of turning up if everything was going to go to plan, eh? We love for those love for those moments. And I love looking looking back through Celtic's history. How many last-minute goals have we scored? How many last-minute memories have we actually got? And one last night is up there with the best. It's up there with the best because it triggered so many people, triggered so many bitter folk, <laughs> that the fact that we got a 96-minute winner. And it wasn't down to luck. It was actually good to trust in... It was actually down to trust in the process. Trusting. That boss breaking, breaking at the edge of the box. A guy who's been playing in the low-end league has the, the mental ability to go, right, I'm just playing this ball to Callum McGregor. McGregor plays it to Rogic. And what a ball to the back post for Tony Ralston to actually score. What a leap. What what a heart to actually get there. That's no luck. That's down to trust in the process. That is down to actually having trust in your character and your ability that that chance is going to come. And I bloody loved it. Doesn't it matter what it doesn't matter what didn't work for the ninety five minutes before that. That worked. That that's what we will remember about that game last night. No, you're right. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Moffat's part in the goal, JP. It's one of the ones we were speaking about earlier. How McGregor's part maybe in the the Motherwell goal might be forgotten. Owen Moffat. Young, inexperienced, he's making his first competitive appearance for Celtic's first team. But he gets the ball at the edge of the box and it would have been easy for him to try some speculative effort or just to try and dink it into the box. But he was very calm and composed and, as Kev says, he plays it to, to Callum McGregor. Um, he is now an option. Because of our injury woes, he's an option on the right. Uh, and I think that when we're talking, I'm going to bring this up here. It's coming in from Stevie Boy. Kev, before you came in, JP and I were talking about before you consider who plays at left back, you need to consider who's playing centre forward in this team. Because if Kyogo comes in, then that means Abada can play right. Zhiranovic is then an option at left back. So it just shows you how, you know, at this moment in time, how threadbare the team is. But Stevie Boy comes in to say he's been nothing short, talking to Tony 
Ralston of Monumental. Leave him in his right back, though. He makes those last-ditch tackles that have saved us a couple of times. I mean, I can remember th- at least three last-ditch tackles that Ralston's made this season, twice in Europe, um, which is almost as good as a goal. Uh, you know, And he's doing it up the other end of the park. He scored five goals this season. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. For Celtic, you know, he scored more goals than Ayeti and Yakamakis combined. And um, as you say, to see a player coming through, almost as though he'd been thrown on a scrap heap, he was the bottom most jokes. Um, and now there's people in there saying that if he continues this, he might be a player of the year. Uh, JP, when you look at at Ralston, are we in a situation now where, you know what, Ralston's your right back and we need to figure out what's happening with the equation right back? It, it certainly seems that way. And it seemed that way even before Juranovic came in because Ralston's form was already good at that point. It's not like he's just started playing and performing because he's got um, a rival for his position. He was already playing well before that. And, you know, when you think about everybody that wrote him off and we all kind of were like, Really, Ralston can't be our right back. That can't be who we're going into this season with, you know, when we were starting him. Um, but that was based on the fact that he'd gone out on loan moves to St Johnston and Dundee United and, and, you know, not set the heather on fire at all there. You know, done nothing in those spells, certainly to my knowledge, that would uh, feed back to Celtic to say, this is a guy you need to have in your team and we, we, we need to get Ralston back from, from his loan spell. And then when he was given that contract at the start of the season... The years, the year, the years contract. I mean, very few people were they were kind of like, well, that just shows you how how thin our squad is if we're giving Anthony Ralston a contract. And now he's doing, you know, you know, turning in performances like this and scoring last minute winners. I mean, last night was it reminded me of the Didier Gats goal went off his knee um, and at Dens Park, Neil Lennon's debut. Right. It was like that, and I remember my, my mate Michael, who I was at the game with. He was there last night as well. I didn't see him. He was in a different stand. But he said to me on the way out of that game, he was like, well, there have been TVs, radios, children getting thrown at it, you know, <laughs> in the window. You know, just out of that goal. And I, and I was like, and I just I pictured all these different scenarios and houses and all that around the country, just folk raging. You know, not just Rangers fans, you know, other fans of other clubs as well, just like, oh, those swines getting a last minute equalizer. Like Kev said, you know, just... Um, if you're not of a Celtic persuasion, that goal last night did not go down well <laughs> with, with people, really. It, it really doesn't, because, uh, yeah. The other thing, uh, JP, as well, is there's some Celtic fans even embarrassed with it. Why are you embarrassed with your team scoring a last-minute winner and your support going utterly radio rental? I didn't yeah. get it. I didn't get it. Football's no for you if you can't can let us go with that. that that's, that's, that's me. I got a text saying they, did, they didn't deserve that. I got a text from a, a very close friend, they didn't deserve that. And I went back going, come on, what have you been happy with the draw then? <laughs> they didn't deserve it. I mean, this this point that's coming through at the moment from Tim Anon, centenary season-esque, where we have been talking about Tommy Burns, so that seems fitting. Is that a picture of Messi with a Tony Ralston t-shirt on? I'm not sure. It's Tom is it Tommy Roderick? Oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll have that one as well. Let's have a look ahead to, to Sunday's game then. I'll start with yourself, Kev. Uh, Tommy Roderick is one. He's got to start. What about the others who came in last night? So we had Scales at left back, Juranovic right wing uh, or right mid, uh, Montgomery left mid, and Abada through the middle. How many of those four changes can you see um, remaining on Sunday? Uh, I, I think it depends who's actually fit. I can see Rogic. Rogic comes back in. That he he's the man that's making us tick at this precise moment in time. It all depends on Ky- on Kyogo as um, if Kyogo's fit. I don't think Montgomery done much for his chances. Like 
short term anyway to be seen as an option there. Uh, I thought Scales dropped off the cliff, but I think that was down to a lack of football rather than a lack of ability. I think that was just match tiredness coming in. Um, look, the Scales do enough to maybe put him in the frame for the cup final? Probably. But mm. I still think he'll go with Taylor. I still think Taylor is his number one left back at this precise moment in time. Um, Juranovic on the right-hand side, even though we called it yesterday, did it really work? The argument's out on that. There, there can be an argument out on that, but it's the first time that he's played there. And I, I do think that he actually gives an option. Ralston has to play right back. Eh? He's going to be absolutely buzzing now. After, after scoring that winner last night. He's going to be absolutely buzzing. So I think Poster Cogu has a lot of choices to make, but I think he'll probably be having a look at it. If Keogh fit, is fit, he starts. And he'll work it. The only ones that are guaranteed if are Keogh, Rogic, Hart, Vickers and Starfield. I think that, and Ralston. They're the only ones that are guaranteed and the rest he's going to... Callum McGregor, obviously, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 there's a couple of options that he's got there. I, I thought as well, when you look at when you look at the map, I thought Abad had done well. He gave us he gave us more a forward option last night than what Turnbull had done at home. Whether he's got the impact of Kyogo again, it's only one game. It's a small sample size that we've actually got. But I would be, if Kyogo's not 100% fit, I'd be quite happy with Abad through the middle again. I would be rather than in there. So much rests on Kyogo being fit because if he starts JP, then Abada has done enough to start, but he'll be on the right hand side. If he's on the right, do you play Juranovic? And if so, if he goes left back, um, then you're probably looking to bring Rogic back in, which means Beaton drops out. So there's so many changes if Kyogo's fit. Yeah, it also means that the song makes sense as well because <laughs> Abada will be on the. Uh, wing and Kyogo will be hopefully doing his thing. Um, the, the whole thing about the left back, Kev, is the fact that it's Martin Boyle. That that the left back is up against Martin Boyle. So you've got Juranovic, Scales, or Taylor up against Martin Boyle. Who is the best out of those three to match Boyle? You know, Juranovic is lightning. I, I, there was one he tracked back at one point last night. And uh, me and Paul Robbie were both kind of like, "Whoa, that was he was so rapid to get there, you know." So there's an, an argument that you could say maybe for his pace, Juranovic should start a left back. I know it does imbalance the side a little bit having a, a right back playing at left back, um, but that that all has to take, uh, get taken into the equation for for the for Sunday because of the the nature of the opponent. I mean, Martin Boyle is. You know, like it or not, Martin Boyle is a formidable opponent, as we saw when <laughs> Gloria is technical or at Hamden in the semi-final. So um, we don't want that to happen to us. I spoke about. Sorry, on you go, Kev. You don't, but then for me, rather than the fullback, I, I'll, I'll be having a look at the the more beat on and also the centre halves to actually watch Boyle run because they're going to need to get out because your fullbacks actually cut inside and go up the pitch. Eh? So yeah. you, you'll be you're, for me. I'm more, more looking at a pacey centre half coming out to Boyle, and mm. that that's more important to me than the actual fullback because mm. I want Boyle pinned. I don't want him. Out of, I want him pinned inside his twenty five yard line because yeah. we're completely dominating the ball. We started. If that out ball comes in, then you're asking beat on and one of your centre-halves to nullify Martin Boyle. Last night, they started getting an awful lot of joy on that right hand, like basically that position. You know, there was it was a huge gap and uh, I don't know, there was the, the guy that Starfelt ended up fouling to get sent off. He was starting to get some real joy out there and that, that, didn't, that doesn't bode that well. Um, for Sunday, you know, if you've got these gaps at that, at that particular point, we're just, you know, we're look, we don't look a hundred percent. I mean, of course, we're not going to look a hundred percent. We've not got a settled side. We've got you know guys playing all over the place. You know, and that that's natural. So it's it's going to be like that until we get everybody back in the right positions. Mm-hmm. I, I had the audacity to call uh, Ralston Lazarus earlier, but I'm just getting told by. Lazarus, that he is indeed <laughs> Lazarus. So thank you very much for that. A couple of things I want to run by you, Kev, because you weren't here for the first half of the show. Starfelt, where do you stand on how it went for him last night? Good first half. And then obviously we know what happened with the sending off. Do you think he was unlucky to get booked first time round? 
Definitely. I mean, he's definitely lucky. He's, he's caught a flying elbow in the, in the, in the posse. And like, then the referee, then the referee tells him that he never saw it. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of he, his nose is splattered across his face. He's got a broken nose, and the referee's telling him that he didn't see it, and the referee books him. But where else do you actually see that? That's just that's just like Alan Muir's take on the laws of the game. I mean, I didn't think Kenny had been booked. I mean, the, the feed I, I was watching on him, they didn't say off Starfield's been booked. So I was really, really surprised when the second yellow card came out. The second yellow is a yellow card. I'm not going to argue with that. I says in the comments last night that I thought the uh, the boy Jordan Little's challenge would have been one for your B black book, Paul. But then seeing it again on the telly, there's no really much in it. But as a flying elbow, and the game and the game should have been stopped, and that's what Starfield was gone going on about. He says the game should have been stopped. You saw that my nose was splattered across my face. You saw that I got elbowed in the face, and there's blood pouring from it, and you wouldn't stop the game. Mm. So to get booked for that is. For me, is is out of order. That's that's what caused for me that caused the second the sending off. Obviously, it did because it was his second booking. But I'm giving the big man a pass. I'm giving him a free pass. It's poor refereeing. It's caused that sending off. No, thanks for that. I seen some of your comments this morning. Thought I would uh, invite them into the stream. So magic. The other thing I want to talk about is uh, obviously there's been some protests at the home games in relation to silences. Last night was a different story. We're talking about 96th, 97th minute winners. A big part of that has got to be JP, and you were part of it. Um, it's got to be the, the coming together of the crowd and the team. I mean, that atmosphere, that energy that they buzz off, they feed off that, don't they, the players? Uh, and I think we've seen that more than ever last night. Yeah, I think we've probably been starved of it with, with the protests recently, you know, where I think Juranovic had sort of said that they were a bit spooked by it, which makes you even more infuriated at the fact that this hasn't been, you know, nullified or, or you know, quashed by the club. Like, why is it turning into this ridiculous standoff where they're like, oh, we are not saying anything? Even although it, by now, surely this appointment isn't going to happen. You know, it would it would be volcanic if they suddenly turned around and went, we're delighted to appoint to our staff Bernard Higgins as chief of whatever, you know, like, I mean, the place would erupt. I mean, if this is what's happened just on this tip-off that it might happen, imagine what would happen if it actually happened. So I don't know why this, this doesn't get quelled because it's obviously affecting, you know, it's not nice to hear that the players are kind of aware of it now and, you know, kind of going, what, what's going on? So then when they see the the opposite side of that last night where it's just this explosion of, of joy and uh, you know um, enthusiasm and and then it really creates that it helps strengthen that bond between the the, the, the team and the, and the and the fans, which is as was all as we've always said is, is so important and was was lacking massively last season. Well, it was non-existent last season um, for obvious reasons. So yeah, I mean uh, it was it was hugely important last night for for morale. You know, within the club, within the fan, the fan base as well. I think really important for the for the team as well, just to, to know that they can do that. They, they know they know that they can. They'll, they'll fight to the end, and that they've got they've got it in them to get a result at somewhere like that on a Wednesday night. You know, the old cliche: "Can you do it on a Tuesday night in Stoke?" Well, we did that on a Wednesday night in Dingwall. So, um, on to the next one. Be Fergus asked Janola that question, eh? Do you think he could do it? <laughs> on a Tuesday night at Brockville. Uh, and obviously decided to go down to Newcastle instead after hearing B. Fergus uh, putting a wee bit of doubt in his mind. Kev, it's been an absolute pleasure that you've joined JP Thank and you. I on the Thursday Bulletin. Thank you for your uh, your poetry. Tell us a wee bit about your book and where we can get it. When it's when it's going to be available, because you're, you're selling it as a pre-sale just now. I selling it as a pre-sale just now and I got an email about half an hour ago. It's in a van on the way to the printers in Stirling, so I'll be picking it up later on this afternoon. And everybody it's ordered will be will be posted out tomorrow or early Saturday, so you get it for for uh, Christmas. And it's for sale on axon.net. And basically it's a story of Henrik Larson's seven years at Celtic, as told by a young a young relative finding an elder elderly relative scrapbook. And the scrapbook is basically a love letter to Henrik Larson. The young guy reads it and falls in love with Henrik himself. So that's basically the pre, pre, and there's got loads of great stuff in it. 
It's, a, it's the best poetry book written about Henrik Larson. Okay, it's the only poetry book written about Henrik Larson, but it's still the best one in the world at this precise moment in time. I love it. Andy McFarlane wants a signed copy, by the way, just so you know. Um, that's 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 been in, in strong. That's part of the deal for using the artwork. You need to you need to give him a signed copy. Andy can get a signed copy, no problem. Anybody else can get a signed copy as well. Just get in contact with me. Get in touch. Exciting times, Kevin Graham. Great achievement. And uh, it's been brilliant today. We were very busy last night on the stream, peaking at about 2,800-plus two, uh, last night, and it was all very positive vibes after such an important game as it should be. But thank you for tuning in for the aftermath at 12.30 today. And we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for supporting a Celtic state of mind. Phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.